Welcome back, everybody. This is Lyle and Mon coming to you from Ethiopia. We have, of course, Lawson as well. We've got Lawson coming in for the end of the show. He's uh, busy at the moment, but uh, he will be back with us. He's prepping for his sermon. Yes, and I'm really nervous about that, Lyle, because for those of you who don't realize what we're doing in Ethiopia, we're actually doing a mission trip where there's a team of us coming from Australia, and uh, every night we're going out to a church location. Each of us has, a diff- has their own church um, and we're going to be preaching, so basically doing an evangelistic campaign. I personally am terrified because I've never preached a full-length sermon before in my life and uh, not really looking forward to doing it. <laughs> so this is old hat to Lyle and uh, totally panicked Mon. Has, uh, yes, but this is, this is Mon who is a Toastmaster expert. Not an expert. Winner. Um, yeah, she won't have a problem. But, you know, pray for her. Appreciate it. Pray for us both. Yeah, we yeah. really, really appreciate it this time. I'm very grateful because my best mate is here, Varney. Varney is actually the one who got me into this. Well, kind of. I, I was coming along just to help out Lyle and do like kids club or something. And then she heard that I was going and she was kind of intrigued because she did it last year and preached in Romania. And, uh, and I could tell that she was thinking about coming along. And so instantly I was trying to persuade I was like, you should come, you should come, you should come. And then I threw her what I thought might help. And I was like, because she said to me, why aren't you preaching? And I was like, no, 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 no. And so then I said to her, if you come, Vani, I will preach. And then that was on a Friday, and on a Monday she calls me, and she's like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not sure if I was called by God or conned by Varney, but uh, either way, her and you I... You were called by Mon. Sorry, you were called <laughs> by God, Mon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this right here. And, uh, but I, um, I do appreciate that she let me renegotiate the terms of our agreement, and so we are sharing a location and preaching um, alternating nights. So tonight she's preaching, and tomorrow night will be my first sermon. So... Keep me in prayer, guys. Keep us all in prayer. We really, really appreciate and yes. need your prayers at this time. Okay, we are in Revelation chapter 14 because while I've been away, Lawson and Darren and Blake have been... Having fun without us. Yeah, way too much fun. There should be a law against that. Yeah. <laughs> and they've just covered all of these verses. So anyway, How here we go. Dare they? Revelation 14, verse 6, please, Mon. And I saw... <clears throat> sorry. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Okay, so what does the word angel mean, Mon? What is the word angelos, Greek word right there? What is the, what is the meaning of that word? The... Uh, the meaning isn't it just like a heavenly being with big, big wings, big feathery wings, and it flies around at the speed of light, and it's invisible, and it wants to be visible, and no. it wears a white glowing robe, it plays a harp, and it sits on a cloud. Nope. Boom! Nope. Bible study done. Nope. It has no, a halo? No, 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 did I no, miss the halo? No, no. You mean, you did none of those things. The word angelos or the word angel simply means messenger. Ah, so like like a postal service. So you're an angel, mom. Oh, thanks. There you go. You're an angel. <laughs> so uh, my am parents, I. My parents might disagree with that. Because but. we are messengers and we are bringing you a message right here on Faith FM this morning. Oh, we're radio angels. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. I like and, it. Uh, oh, guess what? Our message is, get, is going out over the air. Yeah, yeah. And this angel is flying with a message in the air. Yeah, yeah. So maybe this prophecy right here is about Faith FM radio <laughs> and the message going out over the air. And the number, if you want to accuse Lyle of blasphemy, is one eight hundred Faith FM. One eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number if you would like to give us a call and uh, give me a hard time for that. It's not blasphemy; it's partly true. We okay. have a small role to play. Oh, we but do. Anyway, basically, um, <clears throat> what you've got here is an angel mm-hmm. message messenger mm-hmm. uh, with an with the everlasting gospel, and this everlasting gospel is to go to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. 
Now, what's interesting about this is that this is John seeing in vision something that Jesus prophesied in Matthew chapter 24. Okay. So let's flick over to Matthew 24 real quick. And when we get there, we, I think we, we're going to verse 14. We also need to talk about the repetitiveness there because it sounds a little bit repeaty peaty there. Yeah, you think so? Why is that? Well, it's nation kindred people. Is that like yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's um, there's an emphasis being made. Okay. A very, very strong emphasis. Every single person, um, they do not. You know, um, G- John does not want you to miss what this is all about. So Matthew twenty four. Matthew twenty four, and read for us verse fourteen. Says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Okay, so here Jesus. In prophecy, he says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to who? All nations. All the world, all nations, and then what will happen? And then the end will come. So Jesus prophesies it in the future. John sees it taking place right here because here you've got the everlasting gospel, uh-huh. and it is going out to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. So he's seeing the fulfillment of what Jesus prophesied. That's so this, incredible. This is taking place just at the, at the very end of time, just before Jesus comes back. Okay. Okay, so we can flick back over to Revelation chapter 14. And, you know, there's um, many times that people ask the question, well, what is the gospel? What is the everlasting gospel? If you want to know what the everlasting gospel is, you've got a definition for it right here. And it might be a little bit different from what you're expecting. It, it definitely is. I was expecting like a nutshell like John 3.16. I wasn't expecting... You wasn't expecting a, verse 7. Yeah, no, I wasn't expecting verse what 7. What is the very all. first word of verse 7? Saying, so when the Bible says saying right here, um, and he's just said he's presenting the everlasting gospel, he's preaching the everlasting gospel, saying, so here comes the everlasting gospel. Mon, read to us for the everlasting gospel. Saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the seas and the fountains of waters. Okay, so this is not John 3.16 right here, is Not it? in the least. Neither is Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. Okay, you know, for by grace are you oh, saved yeah, through yeah, faith. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, It is neither of those, and yet this is the everlasting gospel. And it has only just begun because it gets heavier and heavier and heavier from here. This is the message of Jesus Christ that he is going to give to the whole world just before he returns. So this is a message that we need to understand, that we need to receive, and we need to be sharing with other people. Mm. Okay, so what is it, Mon? Run through us, uh, verse 7. Let's uh, work through this one bit at a time. So first of all, fear God. All right, so why would... Are you scared of God? Look, it's an old-timey way of saying respect. All right. Respect God. Okay. Uh, give glory to Him. Yes. Till um, so the hour of His judgment is come. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's judgment time. Present tense. It's happening yeah. right now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, worship Him who made several things. So first, He made heaven yep. and earth. And the sea and the fountains of waters. Okay, let's stop there before we continue into the rest of the everlasting gospel. It only mm-hmm. gets heavier from this point forward. But let's work our way from the top. The Bible says fear God. What does it actually mean to fear God? You said it means respect. How's that? How do you go about respecting God? Oh, it's a good question, Lyle. Been thinking about respect lately. <laughs> so respect is a way of um of uh, honouring someone or like not going against their wi- wishes. Yeah, go to yeah. Job. Go to the book of Job. Okay. I'll show you a verse here. 
Job chapter one. Have you got? Have you got an old KJV there? I do. I do. You normally have the NLT. I do. I have my tiny travel Bible with me, so it is. Yeah. An for, for the listeners, you've got a, this. This Bible is about the size of, of what? hundred millimeters by fifty millimeters. Smaller than the palm of my hand. Smaller than the palm of Mon's hand. And it's the whole thing. It's not just uh, Psalms and Proverbs. That's right. It's the whole thing, and uh, it's old school KJV, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So read for me, Job one. And verse 1, you can only read this one in old school KJV because it's just not as good in any other language. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Ah, don't you love that word? Eschewed. He eschewed evil. Eschewed or eschewed? Because mine says eschewed. It's eschewed. There's no T in it. C-H-S-chewed. Okay. Yeah. But you're saying a stewed, as in like you want a, a bowl of stew. No, he's stewed. <laughs> he is stewed. He's stewed. How does one is stewed? Do you like like? Okay, so the, the, take a bite of evil and chew on that, and that's a ch- stewed. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. That's not really how it goes. <laughs> okay, he was perfect and he was upright. He feared God, and his fear to God meant that he is stewed evil. Now we mentioned a moment ago that. Fearing God is an old-timey way of saying he respected God. So he respected God, and because he respected God, he eschewed evil. It's very interesting. Yes. But what, but what does it mean then if we respect each other? Okay, but we haven't defined this. Okay, go on. Yet. Go on, and then we'll get back to that right, one. So this is, this is your new word for the day, Mon. Eschewed. This is, this is your, you want me to use this in a sentence today with some somewhere, Ethiopian? Somewhere in a sentence today on the radio, I <laughs> okay, want you yeah. to use the word eschewed. That's your challenge for First today. First define it for me, and then I'll see if I can work it into a conversation. It means to turn away from. Okay, okay. So he feared God, he honored and respected God, and because of that, he turned from evil. Okay, okay. So he chose to live a righteous life, through the power of God. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So here you've got Job, who's chosen to live a righteous life through the power of God. He has turned away from evil, and the Bible says he's a perfect and an upright, upright man, definitely somebody to, uh, to aspire to. So the way you respect God is by turning away from evil, so that would basically mean keeping the Ten Commandments, right? When it all boils down, yes. Yeah, okay. Because the Ten Commandments are all about love, love to God, love to each other. You know, that's the. There is no sin so, that, that does not come under one or more of the Ten Commandments. So all coming, sin involves breaking the Ten Commandments. So coming back to my question, then, if if we're respecting each other and not like not just respecting God, but respecting each other, like, how does one do that then? Because if respecting God means to um, turn away from evil. Like, how can I respect you, Lyle? Does that mean I turn away from evil, but you're not God? So, like, what would you care? I think that I think the respect for each other is very, very different from the way we respect God because we respect God and we honor God and we choose to live like God. I think, Mon, if you chose to live like me, that might not go so well. <laughs> okay. Might be a bit of a disaster for you and just and a bit weird. <laughs> but it is a trap. Honestly, mm-hmm. this is a trap that Christians get into. Yeah. Christians do start to follow people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and you see that taking place so many times. We get these celebrity pastors and celebrity preachers mm-hmm. and celebrity radio hosts and people start to follow <laughs> them rather than following Jesus Christ. And neither Mon nor Lawson or you know myself can get you into heaven. You cannot follow us and end up in heaven. It's as simple as that. You can only be a follower of Jesus Christ if you're going to get into heaven. Neither Mon nor Lawson nor myself have ever been to heaven. No. We cannot take you there. Mm-mm. But Jesus has. He can. Yeah. That's the good news for today. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. All right. 
And uh, the way that we, yeah, the way that we honor God is to turn away from evil, to turn towards righteousness, and of course, righteousness is defined in God's law. That's the definition of righteousness, right there. So, would, could you almost say that fearing God, like respecting God, it comes down to obedience? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so but how can you obey? Because you know, I, I'm sure you've tried many times. Like, yeah, I'm going to grip my teeth really hard, and I'm going to obey everything that God says. Right, right. You white knuckle it, and then you stuff yeah, up, and then you get, you yeah, know, you get, yeah, yeah. Is um, that possible? No, I mean, you can white-knuckle it for a while, and some people can white-knuckle it for a long while, but it's, it's first of all, not going to earn you anything. It's not going to get you into heaven at no. all. No, and you can't do it forever either. Righteousness is found by the power of the Holy Spirit living within you and changing you. That is what conversion is all about. The whole point of conversion is the Holy Spirit comes into your life and makes you into a new and different person that you used to be before. Amen. That's as simple as that. And that's what the Bible is talking about. When it talks about fearing God, it is talking about righteousness mm-hmm. by faith. Yeah, be converted basically. Righteousness that we receive as a gift and righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus living his life within us. Okay, so then there's a second part to this. Uh, this, so, this sorry, just before yeah, we, before okay. we uh-huh. skew from that, can I just say, um, ah, did you see what I did there? Yeah, I did. did you see what I, I did. did there? You worked it so, in there, <laughs> Thank you. So you could almost say that, you could almost read this verse as saying, saying with a loud voice, um, be converted and give glory to God. You could. Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. Gotcha. Be converted. Now we can skew from this. And Twice. it doesn't stop coming. Twice. It just doesn't stop coming. Give me coming. fifty billion. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let me give you. Let me give you fifty <laughs> billion dollars there, Mon. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, this isn't the highest, by the way. It goes up to like two hundred and thirty billion. This okay. just that's just the highest that you can buy. They sell those in South Africa as like a for joke, a joke know, souvenir. For those who don't know, in the uh, in, in the first part of the show, Mon gave me a fifty billion. Um, dollar note. Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe. Dollar yeah, note. yeah, which is worth two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how much it cost me to buy. <laughs> there you go. Okay, where were we going? Uh, we were going uh, Revelation, to, oh, Revelation Okay, so the first part is to fear God, which means to turn away from it. That's righteousness by faith right there. To turn away from evil. Yep. And give, the second, okay, give glory give to him. Glory. Yep. How do you give glory to God? Uh, do you put it on a platter and serve? I don't know. How do you give glory? Yeah. When you glorify something. How do you glorify Well, when you glorify God? something, you usually paint something in a good light. So if someone was saying you're glorifying yes. violence, you're painting violence in a good light. So if we're glorifying God, does that mean we paint him in a good light? How do you paint God in a good light? Well, I guess you, I automatically think of in terms of witnessing. So you want to be witnessing and, and telling people about God's true character, but you also want to be witnessing through your conduct and the way you behave and the way you live your life, glorifying God um, through your actions. Absolutely. And, you know, this is why, you know, the Bible says, uh, Paul says, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. So really the way that we bring glory to God is through the way that we live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We can't point to the sky and say, hey, everybody look up there, look up there, Mm -hmm, because you can't mm -hmm. see God in the sky. Mm. You can't see his glory in the sky. The only way that anyone is ever going to be able to see God's glory here on this earth is to see God's glory in you. Yeah, in in his people. I feel And that doesn't mean that you're shining. Yeah, no. <laughs> doesn't mean that we shine. If you, if you drink four liters of water every day, you do kind of shine. Though I found that out <laughs> here in Kenya. Yeah, but in a different kind I mean, of way. In Kenya, yeah. But do you know what? Like, Ethiopia. I'm actually get your countries right. I was doing it. Me, I was doing done. it. I was doing it in Kenya, the four liters a day. Okay. <laughs> but um, I am a little bit ashamed because this morning I did. Um, 
I did behave in such a way that didn't really glorify God, and it's been weighing on my mind ever since. Um, I had an episode with an Ethiopian taxi driver who tried to rip us off, and um, and I got my German finger out and did some more wagging of it. And uh, it it was such a minor incident. I could have just let it go and been gracious about it and exemplified some Christian behavior, and uh, and I didn't. I um, had to. I mean, sure, he was being unfair. But I didn't have to conduct my. I didn't have to, you know, uh, do what I did, and so, especially because I'm here to preach, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah well, it's kind of like you do that every day, Mon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess it's those moments that we need to that we need to give over to God and say, I need you to work in me and work through me, so I can glorify you in my everyday walk, even when people are treating me unfairly and trying to rip me off and trying to drop me off down the street instead of in front of my actual hotel, which is what I paid him to do. Kind of a thing. I need. To, I need. We need God in those moments so we can glorify Him. Yes. Yeah. We do. We do indeed. And uh, you've had a you've had a rough start. Yeah, yeah I'm you've telling you, Ethiopia's got I've some had, impressing to do. I've, I've had such an amazing time in Ethiopia. <laughs> oh, I didn't mention this story to you, did I? This mm. is a, I didn't mention this story no, to you no, at lunch, no, no. did I? No, yeah, I, yeah. Mm. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> off air, there's a story yeah, coming yeah, up oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I will then fill you in on tomorrow. <laughs> no, sh- sh- don't listen tomorrow. Everyone tune out. Go listen to something else. <laughs> Okay, so right. give glory to God. Yeah, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do. So this really comes down to what you do. So the first part, you know, is, is dealing with righteousness by faith, and that's what Christ does within us. The second part is really living, talking about how we live our life, mm. that we live our life every moment, every day of our life to the glory of God. And what you say, Mon, is very true. You are here to preach. Yeah. But the reality is you are here on this planet, planet. to preach. Every, Every single day. day. Yeah, yeah. Even when I'm back home in Australia, I still need to be glorifying. And not just because I'm going to be, lit, like, not because I'm literally in front of a pedestal uh, preaching to thousands of people, but because every single day people are watching. Even me, if it's just a heavenly can, let realm. See, let me see what I can share with you. Um, let me see if you can find this real quick. Um, something that was shared during our, and this our, is, our team worship this yeah, morning. This is definitely not something you can white knuckle either. You can't white knuckle being a witness for God. You have to really have God in your life and really let. Honest to goodness, his glory shine out through you. Yeah, I can't find the verse, but um, the Bible talks about how that, you know, Mary, she's talking about the birth of Jesus. Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit and she conceived Jesus. And so you've got now, you've got Mary who is full of the Holy Spirit and God is within her. Mm. That's a symbol of what you and I should be. We should be filled with the Holy Spirit and have Jesus within us. Us every day. I like that. I've never really seen that object lesson. Good object lesson. I've never seen that before. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's what it means to give glory to God. Oh, is to have the Lord. Jesus within us yes. every day to be walking and talking and spending time with Jesus and being just you know fully dedicated and committed to Him. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So there's one last, uh, two more parts to uh, this first angel's message. The next part says, uh, "Fear God and give glory to Him for what reason?" Uh, worship him that made heaven. No, 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 you missed a bit. Oh. Yep. For, oh, for the hour of his judgment is come. Absolutely. The hour of his judgment has come, not is coming. There's a difference between has come and is coming. What is the difference between, between has come and is coming? Well, one's in the future and one's present. Okay, absolutely. So we can see very, very clearly here the Bible says the judgment takes place before Jesus comes back. Why does the judgment have to happen before Jesus comes back? To decide who's going to heaven and who ain't. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Does God need to decide that, or does He already know that? 
I'm sure he already knows it. He already knows yeah, it. So yeah. why, why does he have a judgment then? Oh, well, I mean, everyone has to be able to see that he's been fair. Okay, and this yeah. is a really important point. Because God wants to eradicate sin. Mm-hmm. The devil has claimed that God is unjust. Mm-hmm. And God is going to hold open court. And he's going to show that um, he is absolutely just. We're going to be back right after this song with more of this Bible study. You're listening to Faith FM. And we are in the middle of our Encounter with God section Coming to you all the way from Ethiopia You're with Lyle and Mon Who is just about to say that we are going to eschew the music And get back to the Bible study Ah, third time ah, I snuck it, it in. Coming in I like, I, I kick I challenged Mon to work the word eschewed into uh, the show And Lyle didn't know that I'm a gun at getting words in <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and by the way, Lawson's going to be back in in just a moment to uh, finish yeah. off our question of the day with us, so that's going to be awesome as well. All three of us, the whole Faith FM team, breakfast show team together here in Ethiopia. Yes, indeed. Okay, so we were talking about uh, fearing God and we were talking about the judgment. The judgment. Bible says that the hour of his judgment has come. Clearly, the judgment takes place before Jesus comes back and we were talking about the purpose of the judgment. Yeah. And do you know what? Like, this is actually something that I really appreciate about God's character. You know, being in Africa as a continent, as a whole, something that's really, that I find disgraceful is just how much corruption there is in government. And I guess maybe there is just as much corruption in, in Western governments, but I guess, I, I feel like here it's so much worse, you know, in places like South Africa, and it's just it's just a disgrace and people are disgusted with it. And you sort of can't help but think to yourself, do you know what this government needs? Some transparency. And that's actually what I super appreciate about God, is that he's so transparent. 
He, he doesn't hide anything from us. He's like, come let us reason together. Here's the judgment. I'm doing this so you can see that I'm a fair God. He's completely transparent about it. And I just, I, I love that because I, I, I really feel that we need more of it. In we need it. It would be so great if all our governing bodies could govern in the same way that God governs. Absolutely, you read it right here in uh, Daniel chapter seven, where you have the judgment scene. I beheld till thrones were cast down or set in place. The ancient of days sat. His garment was white as snow. The hair of his head like pure wool, and his throne was like the fiery flame. His wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. This is judgment in open court. Absolutely. And the reason that it is open court is because God already knows who's saved and who's lost. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to find that out. Uh, He knows that because he can read the human heart. Now, we don't know that. The rest of the universe doesn't know that because they can't read the human heart. They can't read what's in a person's mind. And God is about to save some people and condemn others. And he might save some people and people are like, wait a minute, why is that person saved? He might condemn somebody and they're like, wait a minute, why is that person condemned? They were super righteous. What is going on here? Maybe Satan is right. And doubts would come into the universe. And where you've got doubts, sooner or later, in the context of eternity, sin will come back again. So God says, you know what? I'm going to have a judgment. I'm going to invite the whole universe. Everybody can see that every single decision I have made is just and righteous and it's all loving. Mm. The reason God has a judgment before he comes back is so that sin never comes back again. And we can see it very clearly if we go over to Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And Mon, if you can read for us. Verse 27, please. Verse 27 says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Okay, so notice what Jesus does when he comes back. He rewards every person. So let me ask you this very simple question. Do you give out rewards before or after judgment? After it'd be kind of strange if we're like, you know what? Um, let's uh, condemn this person here. Let's put, let's throw him in prison for life. He can he can have life. Yeah. And uh, in say twenty five years time, we'll sit down and have a court case find out whether he's guilty or not. Oh, what he's done. Yeah. Yeah. You don't do that kind of thing. No. You? No. If you're handing out rewards, mm-hmm. rewards of either eternal life or damnation. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be handing out rewards, then you're going to do a judgment before that. And when Jesus comes back, the judgment has already taken place. Because Jesus comes back and hands out rewards. Amen. That's the great thing about, you know, God. God is fair. God is just. You know, and and if you study through the whole subject of the judgment, you then find that God gives you and I, who were not able to be there in the judgment, a thousand years to have a look and to see the records and to be fully satisfied in our own mind. And, And then, and then, just in case something was missed, on the off chance that there might be someone Somewhere in the universe who says, you know what, I think God missed something here. At the end of those thousand years, God raises every single person who is lost back to life again. It's okay. Here's your turn. If you've got something to say for yourself, speak now. Mm -hmm. And it's when they bow down and they confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and that they are lost and cannot be saved. That's when sin and sinners are wiped out forever. Mm. They condemn themselves with their own words. 
God is not just about being just and fair. He is about being seen as just and fair because when he is seen to be just and fair, then he can maintain, you know, he, he can maintain the power of choice that we have all been given. Absolutely. Love continues. Love exists because the power of choice is created by love. Love, you know, will not exist where there is no power of choice. Mm. Absolutely. It's mind-boggling when you, you just put it in a few sentences there and you can just see the whole picture and a few brushstrokes. It's just incredible to think what God has done just to, I guess in a way, just to prove that he loves us, yeah. that he really loves us, mm-hmm. and it, you know, that Satan's accusations weren't a lie. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's mind-bending to think, really. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Mon, what is the last part of that verse? It's quoting from the Old Testament. I want you to tell me where it quotes from. Uh, worship him that made the heaven and the earth and the seas and the fountains of water. I'm guessing that's from the creation account in Genesis chapter 1. Yeah, kind of. Oh, it's not? No. What? Well, obviously it's referring to Well, I mean, it often... It's the, referencing that, but it's quoting a verse. Okay. I'm not going to know it because, I mean, often You're going to kick yourself when I tell you what it is. It's often throughout the Bible... You know this verse. It's often throughout the Bible that they refer to creator God and like how he's created this and how... Oh, ah. Uh, it's um, the Ten Commandments. Of course yeah. it's the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I told you you were going to kick yourself. The seventh day. Right. <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to remember that. No, I might be tired, but I'm not that tired, Lyle. <laughs> okay, so that's a direct reference to the seventh day where the Bible says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not work, you nor your son, your manservant, your maidservant, uh, your stranger, your the cattle that was within your gates, etc., etc., because or for in six days the Lord made heaven, earth, the sea, and the fountains of waters and everything in them. So Revelation 14 is quoting Exodus 20 and is an Exodus 20 referencing Genesis 1. It is referencing yeah, Genesis yeah, 1. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just went back to the source yeah, file, that's yeah, yeah. all. Back to where it started. Excuses, excuses, excuses. <laughs> this is Mon trying to dig herself out of a hole. Keep digging there, Mon. Keep digging. I'm not an archaeologist. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good. That's a reference to the Sabbath. So here's what you've got in that first part of the everlasting gospel. You have a message about righteousness by faith. You have a message about holy living. You have a message about the judgment taking place right now. And you have a message directing us to the Sabbath. And that message has only just begun. But because it has only just begun, unfortunately, we're out of time for our encounter with God section. Yes, we are going to shoo ourselves away from this Bible study and we are going to... <laughs> Lyle's rolling his eyes. We're going to be right back with our question of the day. Lawson will be back in the studio helping us out with that one. Stay tuned. You're going to have a great rest of the show. Submission, perfect delight 
visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, and praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. And this is my story, this is my Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18. Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 024994-3220 or simply email graynomads at adventist.org.au.
have come to question of the day time and Lawson has another question that has come through from a listener. Lawson, what is our question of the day today? Okay, our question of the day is how do we worship? Ooh, a good question. If you go over to John, the Gospel of John. Let's head over there very quickly and John tells us exactly how we should worship. John chapter 4. While I'm turning here, Lawson, Hmm. let me ask you a question. Uh How do you worship? Well... I go to church, mm-hmm. but not only that. I sort of do my little my little daily worship. You know, I, I, I think. So what does your daily worship entail? Reading the Bible and praying. Okay, so reading the Bible, praying—that's worship. Yeah, going to church—that's worship. Yep. What else? Yeah. Um, well, I'm lucky enough to, to work for God, so that's I see that as a form of yeah, worship. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Work, you work for you worship. <laughs> Work, well, I for work worship, work, work, worship, work, worship, workship. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> Could you get a better job than that? Not really. Like I'm yeah. pretty, I'm, I'm pretty blessed. I'm absolutely. pretty blessed. Okay. All right. So we're going to talk about those kinds of aspects of worship in just a moment. But before we do, mm. the foundational principle of worship and how we worship is found in John chapter four, verse twenty-three. The Bible says, "The hour is coming, and now is it has arrived when true worshippers shall worship the Father." Father in spirit and in truth. Mm. For the Father seeks such worship to him worship to him. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And what the devil likes to do is to separate these two things so that we either have one or we have the other, but not both. He is desperate that we do not have both. And you'll find some churches that focus so much on worshipping in the Spirit that they have no idea what the truth is. They have no idea what the Bible says. You have other churches who focus so much on understanding what the Bible says that they have no idea what the Spirit is and what it means to live filled with the Holy Spirit and to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that to be balanced Christians and to worship God in a way that is meaningful, we need to have both. Now, I asked Lawson here a minute ago about how he worships, and he listed off a number of different points in relationship to worship. And uh, some of those things included um, you know, going to church, praying, reading his Bible. Um, some of the things that we could also add to that, things like singing. I would say spending time in nature can be a time of worship as well. Not that you worship the nature but that you worship the creator of all of those created things. Here in Ethiopia, Lawson, we have been seeing seeing the most amazing things. Yeah. You know, Africa, just uh, incredible mind-boggling scenery, you know, great mountain ranges and so forth. It's been fantastic. And so uh, these are things that remind us of God and spending time there should be a time that we spend time in worship, uh, time that we spend with other Christians is a time of worship. When you look at the Acts model of evangelism, the Bible says they continued daily in the apostles' doctrine and breaking bread, that's food, and in prayer. Part of their worship experience was sharing food together. Having that community of faith is an aspect of worship. And, of course, Lawson, you mentioned your devotions, how you spend time with God every day, reading your Bible, uh, studying and praying and spending time with God. But I want to share with you the foundation of worship because the reality is that all of the things that I have just mentioned, every single thing that I have just mentioned right there, you can do and still not be worshipping. So Matthew, we'll go over to Matthew chapter 7. 
Matthew chapter 7, and let's look for the highest form of worship. Matthew 7. Verse 21, the Bible says, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, not everyone that says, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father. Notice what the key here is. It is doing the will of the Father. That's the key to worship. That is the highest form of worship there is. Because worship at its core is giving yourself entirely and completely to somebody else. And the person or the thing that you obey is what is highest in your life. Let's all endeavor to make Jesus highest in our life today. Right now we have Oh Worship the King by Shane and Shane uh, with the Peasel Sisters. You're listening to Faith FM. This has been Question of the Day. Oh Worship the
Welcome back, everybody. You were just listening to Oh, Worship the King by Shane and Shane with the Peasel Sisters. I wonder who Shane and Shane is. Shane and Shane, they sound like some good mates. I reckon they would be. <laughs> Why not? They share the same name. Uh, but great song right there. We've come to the end of our show, of course. And at the end of our show, we always give something away. And we've been talking about worship for question of the yes. day. So we thought we would give something worshipful away. Yes. What have you got for us, Lawson? I have got an album. An album by the one and the only, Anna Beden. This is her Living Words album. I believe this came out in 2016. And it's like all her albums. I'm like a huge fan. Um, this this album actually has a cover of one of my favorite songs in it. One of my favorite songs to sing in church is a song Because He Lives. Um, it's like one of my favorite hymns, and this has an awesome, awesome cover of that on it, as well as, you know, other amazing songs. Um, I Am Convinced, A Beating Heart, Genuine Love. Um, all these songs are so good. It's also got a cover of one of her probably biggest singles, um, Paste Dub, and an acoustic version of that. So, yeah, awesome album. If you want this album, you can give us a call on 1 800 324-843 and you'll get it completely for free. First call through, Bam. of course, you'll speak to somebody in Australia. Yeah, because Don't fear about paying uh, international rates to call in Ethiopia. This will go through to an Australian yep. office. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, be the first call through and that album is coming your way. Mm. Of course, if you want to know more about the Bible, about worship, about any of those things, mm. you can give us a call on that number, one 800 324 or text us on 0491064669 or hit us up on social medias. Get in contact with us. You know, ask us anything you want. We want to hear from you. If you have questions, if you have different things that you want to know about, you can study the Bible with us. You can do anything with us. We love you. See you later.
Thank you.